Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Early this morning, I was sitting in our den and I had my Bible open and was trying to find the mind of God for this service today. I received a text from a great friend of mine and he just simply said this, preach this morning and don't forget why we do this. So I'm gonna preach this morning (laughs) and I'm not gonna forget why we do this. Praise God. I'm not gonna preach because I've got preacher's itch and looking for a pulpit or an occasion. Amen. Our musicians, if you guys wanna just hang out a minute, I don't think we're gonna be long. Amen. But I just want the Lord to touch us because I feel something on my heart. Amen. Amen. I don't know how to say this, but sometimes you have many thoughts. Um, You've probably seen cartoon or caricatures where there's little bubbles over somebody's head and so you got little thoughts in these bubbles and so I'm just, I got a bunch of bubbles. And we're gonna believe the Lord to pull it all together here. How's that? I'm gonna go to a familiar place for a launching pad, Philippians 3 and 13. The Bible says, I just tell I tell you what, I just feel God is gonna say something to somebody today. I know that seems very simplistic. I know God always says something when the word goes forth, but I just I just feel like God this is gonna say something to somebody. Amen. And so I, I want to be one of those somebodies. Philippians three and thirteen. The Bible says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, pressing, I think. Amen. I see Paul when I read this stretching, pressing, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. I just get a visual image of the Apostle Paul when I read that passage of scripture. I don't think he's passively sitting back, but I think there's something in him pushing like the woman trying to push through the crowd to touch the hem of the garment of the Lord. For just a moment, I I just wanna speak on this from that verse, pressing toward the mark, pressing toward the mark. Amen, I love you, Lord. Amen, you can be seated and let's just see what the Lord will do here in a moment of time. 
I believe that indeed and without controversy that each and every one of us are debtors. I believe that we are not only indebted to God, but I believe that we are indebted to humanity. I don't believe that the Lord gave us the Holy Ghost just because he thought I was so special. But I believe he gave me the Holy Ghost to let my light shine, therefore, into a world of darkness. And pray, God, that I will not allow my voice to be muted, my steps to stagger, but let the presence and the power of God touch me and touch you in such a way that we can understand the proactive nature of the call that is on the church. The church is not just a place where we marry our young and bury our old or have a few little special services and occasions and we just kind of come together and it's just a social thing. But I can tell you that many churches have turned into just a social thing. I'm not saying that to be sarcastic, I'm saying that to be factual, that it is just a social gathering, amen. But God has got the church planted as a spiritual battle, a, a spiritual army that is standing in a, on a spiritual battleground. Paul said to the church in Rome, he said, I am a debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians, unto the wise and unto the unwise. I believe that if we have an answer and don't share that answer, then we're gonna be accountable for the knowledge that we did not share, for the light that we did not shine. And so why would we wanna hide what God has done in our lives? Why would we wanna keep that a secret? Why would we wanna keep that to ourselves? How many believe, and I'm, I'm being very serious, how many believe that the power of the Holy Ghost can deliver people from sin? Amen, how about the rest of us? Do we believe that the Holy Ghost, I, mean, I need you to get on board now. How many of us believe that the Holy Ghost can truly deliver people from the power of sin? If we believe that, then we should not be mute about that. Amen, when we see someone in sin, we need to understand that I have an obligation. I am a debtor, Paul said. I am a debtor unto the Greeks and to the barbarians. I am a debtor to God. He has done so much for me. We were admonished a moment ago. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so I wanna lift up. I'm a debtor to the Lord. I owe him a debt I cannot pay except through my service to him and my worship to him. I am a debtor to mankind. Amen, I owe them something. Yes, I do. I owe them something. Amen. I owe the sick a prayer of faith. Amen. I owe the broken a prayer of faith. I owe the lost the ability to show them the way and the light and say, can I just show you a more perfect way? Hallelujah. I am in debt. And so I want to make sure that I also understand that I have an obligation to our children and I have an obligation to their children. And we have an obligation, don't think I'm going weird on you, but we have an obligation to the children that have yet to be born. We have an obligation to them. I don't want them to ever just hear about how it used to be. I want them to walk in and see how it still is. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. My, 
My good friend sitting here, Brother Gibson and I, have got so many wonderful memories that we have shared. And in recent months, we have we have visited Memory Lane many, many times, talking about some good times where the power of God is still move was moving, and the power of the Lord was doing this and that in various services or meetings that we were in. But I'm so thankful that the move of God is not so so securely locked up in my yesterdays that I just have to get on Memory Lane to ever know anything about it but I appreciate what I walked in the side door this afternoon this morning and felt rushed through my soul I appreciate the liberty and the power of the Holy Ghost I'm glad our young people are here this morning amen and they're watching they're not just watching some amen but they're watching mom and dad lift their hands and their voices and they're looking at salty tears run down the cheeks of manly men and godly women they need to understand the value of that. Amen. I want to make sure that, that not just for our children, but I want to make sure that this anointing is still here when their children get here. I want to make sure this anointing is in place when their children get here, should time and the Lord tarry. I want to see to it that we leave a legacy of Holy Ghost power. And to do that, we must be fully committed to the cause of the Lord and to the mission of the church on the earth today. We're not called to be weekend warriors. Amen. We're not called to somebody that can only stand together while we are in this house. Amen, but I believe that we ought to wake up every morning with a sense of renewed commitment that in our hearts, amen, I'm gonna passion, I'm gonna set my passions on the things of God. Amen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch my tent, amen, toward the things of the Lord. I preached on this many times through the years, but the Bible, when the, when the children of Israel were making their way from Egypt to the promised land, there were, there were, of course, many important factors in that and many important people in that. And so it, it becomes a little bit uh, painting with a broad brush to talk about the most important thing. Of course, the cloud was important by day, the fire by night. It was important, of course, to hear the voice of Moses, but strategically, because we're talking about so many people here, that the children of Israel were broken up into tribes and every tribe had a name and every tribe had a a banner, much like the flag of the United States or the flag of Florida. It denotes, when you see that flag, you know that's the USA. When you see that other flag, you know that's the flag of Florida. And it denotes it denotes the state. And so every tribe of Israel had what was referred to in scripture as a standard bearer, a standard bearer. Amen. And so when they set up camp, when the cloud stopped and they set up their camp, they didn't know how long they were going to be there. No one knew when the cloud was going to move again and so the standard bearer would take a pole and set it up and he would raise that flag for the tribe of Judah and every flag had an ensign upon it or a sign upon it and so the Bible admonished them when you pitch your tent you need to pitch your tent toward amen the flag of the standard bearer amen the standard bearer that's an important person amen because you're not going to know that it's time to move until you look up and you see see that flag coming down. And when you see the flag man, when you see the standard bearer rolling up that flag, the clouds moving and we're gonna have to get out of here. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says so serious and so important was this standard bearer until it was used in this, in this frame of, of, of words. He said, it shall be, talking about how bad something would be. He said it would be as though a standard bearer died. Amen, it would be, that's how serious it would be. Amen, we would say it would be a 
as serious as when the President of the United States died. It would be so serious, he said, as though a standard bearer died. Amen. Why? Because if the standard bearer died, he couldn't hear the voice of Moses that had heard the voice of God that rolled down the flag. I'm going to tell you today, it's important that we don't just set our tent in any direction. It's important that we don't set the trajectory of our family in just any direction. Amen. The Bible said in, in the the Bible says of uh, of uh, yes he did yes he did. <laughs> Amen. Who got swallowed in the well? Jonah. The Bible said of Jonah. Amen. I needed our Sunday school students there for just a minute, didn't I? Amen. The Bible says of Jonah that somehow or another, amen, we don't understand how it happened. Don't understand how it all played out. But Solomon built a temple and he prayed a very powerful dedicatory prayer. And he said, oh God, if a man sin and he can't get to this house, if he can just look toward this house, and then I want you to hear his prayer. I want you to hear his and forgive his sin and I'm asking you to restore him the power of one man's prayer. If he can just turn toward it. Jonah realized he was in trouble. Amen. He had seaweed according to the scripture wrapped all around his head. He was swimming in the bile of that old witch's stomach. Amen. But somehow or another, am I in the Bible? Somehow or another, he turned himself toward the temple and God heard his prayer. I'm begging every family in this house today. Amen. You better pitch your tent toward the house of God. You need to set the trajectory of your children. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. You better set the trajectory of your children toward the house of God. Amen. We better pitch our tent. Why? Because there's a standard bearer. There's somebody that's listening for the voice of God. Woo! There's somebody that's going to hear the power and the voice of God when God says, move. We need to move. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. I owe a debt to our children. I'm obligated to their children. I'm obligated to the children unborn. I want to make sure there's a voice of consistency. As a church, I want to keep pressing, 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 pressing toward the mark. We're going to be back here Wednesday if the Lord will tarry and he is will, and it's his will. We're going to be back here Wednesday. And I promise you, when you get here, you're not going to find us sitting on the platform with toothpicks in our mouth. Amen. Que what Sarah, whatever it will be. If we have church, we have church. But I promise you, there's going to be a pressing, a pressing, a pressing in the spirit. Amen. We got to touch heaven. We got to touch heaven in our praise. We got to touch heaven in our worship. We've got to touch heaven in the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Why? Because we're a church on a mission. Amen. What are you doing? We're pressing. We're pressing. We're going somewhere. There's a mark. We're headed somewhere. That's what we're doing. We're headed somewhere. We're headed somewhere. I want to make sure that we set the trajectory of our children's life as accurately as we possibly can. Amen. We want to wake up every day with a sense of commitment in our heart. Amen. Our passion should be cultivated on a daily basis in our heart and in our home. Amen. Oh God, stir me. Oh God, oh God, stir me. 
Brother Graham, it would be impossible, by the way. Amen, and don't please take this as just an off the cuff from my heart, from the deepest part of my heart. Thank you, a heartfelt thank you to every man that was able to go to at least any service, any portion of our men's conference. I know we all can't go every time. This is not a statement to condemn anybody that wasn't there able to go, but I just wanna say thank you to the men who made the sacrifice, spent the money, took time off work, whatever you did to be there. May God bless you for that. Brother Graham preached some great preaching the whole time, but Brother Graham uh, preached a message the other day, yesterday, I think it was just yesterday. It se- <laughs> yesterday seems like about four days ago to me right now. But he talked about a fireplace and he said there's two elements of a fireplace, the fire and the brick. We love the fire. There's something soothing about a fire. Our family, we love to build a fire and sit around the fire I've said many times that sitting around that fire hadn't really ever fixed a lot of our problems, but it sure made us feel better about them. (laughs) But he said, but it's not really the fire that's just altogether the thing that's so important, but it's the brick that make up the fireplace. Because when the fire goes out, the brick still has the heat. Amen, so I pray that when, when we understand, what, that we will understand that, that at some point, you know, we just can't idealistically or uh, realistically, we cannot just be in service 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so at some point, the fire in this illustration alone is gonna go out. The lights of the building are gonna go out. The music's gonna be put away. The parking lot's gonna empty. And, and here's the important, we can say, well, the fire went out. And oh, oh but, but it, we're still gonna be okay if the brick has the heat. we're still gonna be okay if we take home with us what we received while we were in the fire, while we were there. God, let the fire of the Holy Ghost, we're the church, amen, we are the church. I know, amen, that, that in our heart, we have got to reach the point where we are willing to pay whatever the price is mandated upon that experience, just whatever it is. Uh, Some time back, my wife and I were on the road traveling. We've been traveling all day. And we had forgotten to get, uh, we had forgotten to get some water. We generally take some water to the room with us, and we had just forgotten to do it. It had just been a, a, a hectic time trying to get away. Several hours on the road, late at night, got into the motel, and uh, we were standing there, checked in, and then walking away. I remember that we didn't have any water, and I said, "Hey, we need some water." And the, the little lady behind the desk, I said, "You have some bottles of water?" She said, "Yes, sir, I do." And she she set two bottles of water up there, and I said, "How much is that?" And she said, three fifty. I was so tired. 350 had to be cash only. It's kind of shady, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, I was so tired. I was just digging through my wallet and I, I had a couple of ones. My wife had a couple of ones. We, we come up with a 350 and we got in the elevator and we're riding up the elevator and it dawned on me. I just paid $3.50 for two bottles of water. I've seen times I've could a, a, a case of water cheaper than that. <laughs> but I was desperate. Some of you are feeling sorry for me, aren't you? <laughs> what kind of maniac are you to pay 350? It was where I was that moment in time. It bugged me a little bit, 
but I got over it because I had no other choice. It was that or get back in the car, try to find some place. It's like, you know, this is just the lesser of the two evils. I'm desperate. I got to get back to my sermon. I'm losing you. Amen. You're, you're doing the math too much here. Amen. And sometimes we got to be willing to pay the price, just whatever it is. Just set it up there and just, just set it up there. And amen, what, what's it gonna cost us? What I'm gonna ask you, don't ask yourself what it's gonna cost you. Ask yourself what it's gonna be worth in the end. Don't ask how many nights of prayer will it take to intercede for my, my children to have a Holy Ghost baptism experience of their own. You know what? You may think, I don't know if I can pray that much up front, but when you see them speaking in other tongues, amen, when you see them living a holy and godly life, it won't really matter how much it costs to get there. It really won't matter what it costs to get there. Amen. We are the church. We are the church. I, I, I must hasten. Amen. The book of Habakkuk. Amen. The old minor prophet Habakkuk. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 2. Here's what the, the Lord said. The Lord answered me. If you can put that there. The Lord answered me. Habakkuk 2 and 2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. Amen. Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables or the tablet that he may run that readeth it. Amen. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. If you can bring verse two back up there again for me. The Lord said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. I want to ask you today to not misunderstand the wording here, the verbiage here. He's not saying write the vision on the tablet and make it plain or in large enough letters so he that runneth by can read it. He's not saying make it large enough, make the sign big enough that when he's on his way, when he's making his way running, that he'll be able to read it. He he said, make the word plain, amen. Make the word plain so that when he reads it, he can run with it, amen. So that when he gets it in his heart, he can run with it. I'm gonna tell you today, I am believing for the power of the Holy Ghost to move in our church, amen. I'm believing for the Spirit of the Lord to touch not just our middle agers and our seniors, amen, not just our young marriage, but I'm asking God to put something in the heart of our young people as well, Amen, that's why we want every time we come to the pulpit, amen, we wanna write this vision and we wanna make it plain so that when they get it, they can run. Amen, they can run. Amen, they can run with it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're not trying to get it where they can see it when they're passing by. Amen, but let them get something in their heart that when they're in their first period class, amen, they can still stand for Jesus and let the world go by. Amen, when they are being pressured, Amen, by all of those around them, they can stand. Why? Because we have taken the time as a church to press towards something and write it down and make it plain so they can get it in their heart and run with it. Run with it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But you have got to have something in your hand if you're going to run. Pardon me for, for 
for spacing here a moment on the names, but there were two men in the Bible. One man was given a message and said, take this message and run and deliver this message. Another man standing in the crowd, let me run. Can I go, well, you, you, know, you don't have the message. I wanna run. But, 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 but you don't have the message. The other man, he has the, he has the message in his hand. He has the message in his hand. He's already running, but I want to run. But I want to run. So he said, well, run. And the man without the message overran the man with the message. I get sad when I read that. I don't want to let somebody without the message Outrun me. So he shows up, jumping all around, I run. <laughs> I won. I'm here. What are you here for? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's somebody coming behind me. I hope I'm making sense. We need to be pressing, but not just pressing willy-nilly, pressing towards something pushing towards something. We need to be singing towards something. We can get ready here. We can need to be singing towards something, planning towards something, praying towards something. We need to understand the value of the mark. I press toward the mark. Habakkuk said, write it. The Lord said, write it, write it plain where all that read it can get it. And run, run. You see, we're going to have to give ourselves to the word of God. It's gonna have to be written as pages on our heart. We're going to have to give ourselves. You see, you can't carelessly read this book and get it if you just pick it up and read it like you're just trying to read a novel you're going to be as confused as a termite in a yo-yo if you could just somehow say God help me to be careful here I don't pray this daily because I'm a preacher I pray this daily because I'm a Christian Open my eyes to your word, Lord, and open my understanding to your word. I'm asking you, God, to help me retain your word. Help me to hide it in my heart as David prayed it. This good lady standing behind me today, she's standing behind me right now physically, but this good lady that stands beside me, I've lost count of how many times she has laid her hands on me in our home and prayed out loud, God, open his eyes to your word. Open his understanding to your word. Amen. I'm being very serious. Help him to hide it in his heart, God. Help him to get it so he can feed us as a church. Amen. It's gonna take careful, intentional trips to the book to understand it. So Habakkuk, the Lord wasn't telling him 
just write this down in a way that it's so plain that anybody that just casually passes by can get it. That's not what he was saying at all. If you think for a moment you're gonna speed read through a couple of chapters just to get it off your to-do list and really get something out of it, you're kidding yourself. Let's don't just turn this into a, uh, a challenge, but let's let the word of the Lord get in us. Amen. Praise God, praise God. You see, no one will either, no one will neither step on or in Bible truth. You're gonna to have to be pretty intentional about that. Amen. You're not just gonna stumble up as though you discovered an arrowhead or a little fleck of gold. You're not just gonna just stumble up on something. You're not just gonna pass it by like you found something a wrench lay inside of the road. You're gonna to have to be pretty intentional. And so that is why there's such an eternal importance on prayer. God, I wanna pray. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I do. I'll pray first and then I read the word of God because I want God to touch my mind and my heart. Condition my life, Lord. I want your word in me. You see, there's some things that money will do and there's some things that human effort will do and there's some things that human creativity can do. But what we must realize is there are some things that only God can do. And that's what we need is the God things. So how do we get there? We press, we press, we push, we push, we push. Amen. Let's stand together if you would. I read years ago a little quote that says, the overcomer is someone who is knocked down nine times, but he gets up 10. I had a good friend of mine some months ago preach a message and I, I listened to it on their podcast and he said, for the most part, falling down is always an accident. But getting up, is always on purpose. You fall down by accident. But if you ever get up, you're gonna have to put some effort in that. You're gonna have to put some energy in that. I feel the Holy Ghost settling in on this word here today. Amen, I'm just gonna ask God to touch us now. Amen, I have faith in God's word to just reach its intended mark now. Amen. Let's love the Lord in this song. Can we do it? Let's worship the Lord in this song now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.